Welcome to Killstreak Episode 6. I am Eric Goslin, and joining me here today, as always, every other day, Michael Price. How are you, Mike? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I am hot, hot, hot. It's really hot where I'm recording. Yeah. I turned the fan off so you guys wouldn't hear it, and I'm a sweaty little pig. He's wearing a patented Eric Goslin tank top. I've been wearing a lot of tank tops lately. I've been getting roasted by my friends who see me on Google Hangouts and Zoom. Uh, but my thing is, I don't have air conditioning, and it's fucking hot, and I'm home alone. Well, I'm with my wife and son. But <laughs> they don't. They aren't people. They don't care. So why should you guys care? Wouldn't you like me to be comfortable? Why don't you guys sound off in the chat? <laughs> don't you want Eric to be comfortable? Yeah. Do you want Eric to be comfortable? Are you comfortable with the idea of him wearing a tank top? Is it worth it? It's been it? my go-to. <laughs> uh, today's exciting. Today is the day we do our, our first series wrap-up. We are concluding Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, we're going to rank our favorite tank tops from top to bottom, <laughs> from top to tank. Tank top to top tank. <laughs> I should stop clicking this pen here. Uh, yes, uh, this is it. This is the final, our canonical rankings of the Return of the Living Dead series. I'm excited. It's been quite a journey. It has. It has. A, a journey that spans 30 years from 1985 to 2005. Indeed. Five films. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. If you're someone who decided to skip the individual episodes and just wanted to hear the breakdown of the series, welcome. Thanks for listening to any episode of our podcast. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we'll do our best not to embarrass ourselves in front of our our mom, our moms. <laughs> My mom, oh, if ever there was a podcast that I hosted that my mom would definitely not listen to, it's this one. And she's not listened to all of the podcasts I've done. <laughs> it's not going to start now. No, she's definitely not. This is for hardcore Eric Gosselin fans only. I mean, the problem is I'm, I'm a longtime podcast guest, first-time podcast host. Uh-huh. So I'm afraid that my mom's just going to listen to this anyways because she's so excited I've released content. Well, I mean, you know, we're not talking about anything bad on here. We haven't revealed any deep, dark secrets yet. It's true. I think we both but come this off. this might be the episode. We're, like a, we're both a little sleazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess we are a little sleazy. It's true. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, got to have a little edge. At least I have sleeves. Yeah, I'm extra sleazy tonight because I'm slick with sweat and I'm sleeveless. Slick with sweat and sleeveless. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, let mm-hmm. that bake into your skulls, everybody. Um, and I'm, so- I'm burping Brussels sprouts, baby. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Thank God for remote record. 
Um, so what we're going to do today uh, is, in case you missed a few, we're going to do a quick recap of the series. Uh, trust us, it's not going to take that long. We're just going to touch on the basics, the important stuff. Yeah, set aside about an hour for each movie. Yeah, so this is going to clock in at a cool seven hours. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the beat-by-beat beat recap of each and every movie right now, yeah. again. Well, you had a chance to practice the first time through, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be nice and it'll tight. It'll be better this yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, nice and tight. Uh, oh, there it is. Sorry, that was the tank top talking. <laughs> it stole the joke out from under me. Uh, yeah, so we're going to run down the series for you guys. Then Eric and I will reveal our canonical rankings of the films in this series. If there's any discrepancies with the rankings, we will debate them here live mm-hmm. on the podcast until we settle it. Uh, and then we'll do a little bit of a reflection on the whole series, our feelings uh, leaving behind Return of the Living Dead, and wrap things up for you guys before we move on and let you know what next uh next time series is gonna be what are we tackling next yeah i'm excited to talk about that one too uh so of course the first movie in the series return of the living dead 1985 uh, directed by dan o'bannon indeed i just it is let me tell you i mean this is a total non sequitur not a total non sequitur but i watched alien last night oh Uh, really yeah because uh I was so impressed by Dan O'Bannon. Uh, I was like, yeah, I want to go back and watch that movie. And it's a fucking great movie. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I have to watch the other movie that he made that he directed. Yeah. Uh, that's on, on the list when I'm not watching return of the living dead movies. Yeah. Maybe you and I can do that together over zoom sometime. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So of course, return of the living dead, those, the, ep- the, uh, episode and the movie that kicked it all off a group of punks, Fighting zombies, another group of medical warehouse supply workers, also fighting zombies. Yeah. Uh, a black comedy. Yeah, we got some great rock and roll nudity. We've got yep. uh, an awesome punk soundtrack. We've got some very effective, low budget special effects. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, the meaningful stuff about this movie, it's nihilistic point of view. Uh, the way it introduces these almost invincible zombies. Very cool stuff. Yep. Yeah. Can't just shoot these zombies in the head. It acknowledges Night of the Living Dead yep. as a real movie and ties itself into the mythology of that movie while doing something completely different with the zombies. Uh, also, um, just pitch black, no survivors at the end. Mm-hmm. Really uh, has a punk rock attitude, has a real nihilistic, as you said, in, in um, high energy movie. You know, it's a home run, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm, I'm sure you guys can see what's coming down the tracks. Um, yeah. Pretty straightforward plot. Uh, doesn't like uh, reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but it's just. Right. Like, I think this movie is a great example of how much. How far style can get you? Style and point of view. That's what I think yes. this movie has in spades. Exactly. Which is something the next movie in the series, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which I believe came out in 1988, <laughs> correct? Um, yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, That's a movie. Yeah, sorry. Well, before you jump into 1988, directed by Ken Wiederhorn, so we can give credit where credit isn't due. <laughs> what are you going to say? So that... That's a movie that kind of recycles a lot of the same plot points of the first movie, 
uh, but in a much more slapstick comedic way without any of the point of view yeah. of the first movie. Um, we got uh, a little boy, Jesse, and his sister, Lucy, and Tom, the hunky uh, cable, cable repair repairman, yeah. <laughs> played by Dana Ashbrook. We got two characters from the first movie returning as different characters yep. this time. <laughs> same actors, different character names, same dynamic, worse acting performance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's a movie that it's just they really ramped up the comedy dialed down the horror um and just recycled bits from the first Mm -hmm. movie uh to varying degrees of success yeah yeah i mean this one just there's a distinct lack of creativity and imagination and you just can't get very far with that unfortunately yeah bigger budget but overall, it just doesn't yeah. seem like the hearts were in it while they were making it. No. And now, a word from our sponsors. All right. Next up, we have Return of the Living Dead 3. We got a five-year layoff in between 2 and 3. This one is directed by Brian Yuzna. came out in 1993. Uh, Brian Yuzna, famously the producer of Reanimator, uh, also director of Bride of Reanimator, Society, uh, so we are back to having a director uh, in charge who's got a little bit of a point of view. Yeah, and this movie is a real stylistic departure from the first, especially from the first movie, definitely from the second movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more of a body horror uh, film. It is about two star-crossed lovers, um, a boyfriend and a girlfriend. She's killed in a motorcycle accident. He brings her back with trioxin because his father is a colonel and also a uh, – I think he's a colonel, he's a but sp- also a scientist. He's a soldier scientist. Yeah, he's a sketchy military guy like we have a number of in this series. Yeah, they get involved in this whole plot to resurrect dead soldiers, turn them into super soldier zombies, um, and also are chased by gang members through the sewers of Los Angeles. Uh, it's definitely a lower-key zombie mm-hmm. uh, affair, but – the gore is through the roof on this one. Yeah, if you know Brian Yesna, you're not surprised. He delivers what you've come to expect. It, you know, it's a slow burn. It gets there eventually, and when it does, kind of hits a fever pitch. It's a real dark movie. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, the the humor from uh, previous installments is gone for better Completely and gone. for worse. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but definitely. Uh, this is a movie that has style. It's got a consistent tone. And, uh, yeah, this was the first one I think that I, like, I remember seeing this one before I had seen any Return of the Living Dead. Not actually watching this one first, but I was aware of the existence of this movie before I, I jumped into this series. Yeah, it was a big poster in video stores. Absolutely, yeah. Iconic poster with Melinda Clark on the front in a sort of toned-down version of her makeup mm-hmm. from later in the movie. But Yeah, pretty gruesome stuff, too, her makeup. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on. What do we have next, Eric? We have 12 years later. Woo, big layoff. Two movies, back-to-back, shot back-to-back. Same the director. first one, same director, Ellery Elkayam. Uh, uh, yeah, well, is that, we're not, is that how you say? yeah. Neither of us have bothered to listen to anyone say his name in an interview, so we are winning yeah, it point. with the pronunciation. <laughs> Director of Eight Legged Freaks, mm-hmm. he's here to bring us Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. Yeah, filmed in Romania, 
starring Peter Coyote. <laughs> this uh, is a real, real strange movie. I think it originally aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, um, both this and the next film aired. I think maybe even on the same night. Oh, maybe. Yeah, they. Maybe I think so. they might have shared a premiere. Uh, so this one we have Julian Garrison and his brother Pyro <laughs> and his gang of misfit, handsome uh, people, <laughs> dirt biking Motocross their way. Motocross enthusiasts. Yeah, dirt biking their way into a secret. Uh, lab, which looks a lot like a Romanian office building. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, um, it's a real, real weird one. This man. movie is a goddamn mess. It really is. Yeah, uh, his his parents have been turned into super zombies. Yeah, it's it's a real thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The zombies in this one are they're not following any of the previous rules set up in the series. They can get killed by. You know, shooting them in the chest will kill them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just breaking their neck will kill them in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> yeah, this movie uh, is one of those forces you to decide: uh, is this does this cross the line into too bad? So bad it's good, or is it just bad? I mean, it's definitely bad. Like just to be clear, um, yeah. But it is a wild movie, and it kind of. It flirts a little bit with being accidentally entertaining, I think. I agree. Yeah. And then finally, we have Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. Same director, same cast. Yep. Although their memories have apparently been wiped from the first movie. (laughs) We have Julian Garrison's back. He's in college this time. Oh, yeah. He was in high school last time. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) The oldest high school student. Um, We have him and his group of friends. Um, distributing trioxin, the serum that turns you into a zombie, as ecstasy pills in a drug they call Z. There's a huge rave. There's a bunch of zombies. There's a bunch of boobs. This movie is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think I expended most of what I have to say about this movie uh, a a few days ago during our last record. But, yeah, this is – I mean, honestly – there are a lot of similarities here, you know, as as you would expect to Necropolis with two movies that were made mm-hmm. on, like concurrently and by the same director and same cast. And I think it probably ends up being a matter of personal taste, which one works better for you. Sure. Um, they're both unhinged, uh, unpolished, um, just total shit shows. Total shit shows. Yeah. But um, well, that is the series. And now the thing you've all been waiting for our rankings of these five movies. So we're going to do this where uh, we're each going to go back and forth listing our we're going to start at the bottom. Number mm-hmm. five, all the way to number one. Yeah, we're going to we're going to submit our picks. We don't necessarily have to agree on both of them. We haven't discussed this ahead of time. Only We only know what you guys know, really, from listening to our reviews as we went through the series. Right. So, you want to kick off number five? Yeah, I'm happy or to Is start. there any more explanation we need? Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to say, so Eric and I discussed a little bit before we started recording. We wanted to kind of just zero in on 
the broad criteria we're using to rank these films. Um, and we debate like, and we kind of debated like, should it be about like overall quality? Like if you were, if you were trying to like, um, give a fair Metacritic rating or something like that to this movie, just like how well made is this movie? Right. Um, it could be how crowd pleasing do we think it is for you, the listeners? Uh, that would probably be the most generous thing for us to do. We decided not to do that. Um, we so we sort of landed on uh, what we are ranking these movies based on is how much we enjoyed them. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With giving a lot of credence to how they fit together as a series, I think that is an undeniably important part of this. Uh huh. Because uh, this is a podcast about extended length series of horror movies. Um, but at the end of yeah. the day, it is kind of like there's obviously going to be an element of personal taste uh, to how we end up ranking these movies. Yeah, really, I'm approaching this with how much fun did I have watching this movie? How much did I enjoy it? Enjoy it, And also, how does it fit into the overall series? Pretty much what you just said. Yeah. Um, and maybe you guys would have pegged us for this just by listening to prior episodes. I have uh, a lengthier, more perhaps uh, <laughs> methodical approach to how I'm grading these. Um, I won't. I will, I will spare you guys all the details as we go through, but just so you all know at home and so you, Eric, know how I tried to ev- evaluate these films, like having real criteria I find helpful. Okay. Um, it helps me sort of organize my thoughts. And sometimes it's really easy for me to just say, well, this movie is clearly better than this movie. But when you have, yeah. as I did in this series, a handful of movies that I felt like fell in a simil- similar uh, level of like quality and enjoyment, I kind of had to bust out the big guns to organize my thoughts so I could come to a, a fair conclusion. Interesting. And I I am more of a from-the-gut kind of person, shooting from the hip here. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see how our picks align. Yeah. Um, so quick breakdown for anybody who's wondering. These are the factors that I included when deciding uh, how to rank these movies. And they go like this. Um gore and special effects uh so not every movie has to be gory these are horror movies so a lot of them will be but maybe it's a paranormal movie and you've got some cool ghost effects um whatever it is just what are those makeup and sfx people bring into the table is it creative is it well executed things like that Mm -hmm. um number two something we talk about for every movie how scary is this movie they're horror movies uh for the most part, you would expect to be scared from time to time. So mm-hmm. a movie that fails to ever scare me even a little bit could be a really fun movie, uh, could be good, but uh, that maybe doesn't make it the best horror movie. And this is a podcast about horror movies. Um, next thing I've got here, um, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with who I am. I want to be true to myself. I speak my truth. Uh, I I evaluated uh, like quality of uh, how should we say TNA I think is the classic. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, huh. I think that genre pictures, specifically the horror genre, there's just something fun, titillating, uh, exciting about some good TNA. And I think some movies it doesn't really have a place, and that's okay. But oftentimes it does, and I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, Next up, I've got talent uh, talking about the cast here. Uh, 
is the cast good? Do they act well? Are there any noteworthy stars here? As you've seen a lot of movies, maybe there's a cool bit part by a future star. Um, is there like a great horror ringer who shows up in a lot of movies in this? Um, so, you know, nod to the cast. Um, next up, we have sort of originality of concept. How well thought out is this movie? Uh, does it do something new, unique? We talked a lot about the first one having a point of view and style. That would all go into this category. And then the last thing I have here on my little cheat sheet is production. So production value. Uh, how is the set? How is it shot? Did the DP pull something off here? Is the soundtrack any good? Uh, just all of the things that go into like a well-done, competent production. Where does this movie land on that scale? Um, what do you think, Eric? Um, I'm thinking something you said really made me second guess my pick for five. Huh. So I was thinking really hard about, do I want to switch my four and my five? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going okay. to leave it as it is and we'll discuss my reasons for doing so when we get there. Okay. I think we should, uh, no further explanation needed. Let's get into our lists. I'm excited to do this. All right. Sounds good. I promised I would start now that you all know the exhaustive criteria that I use to make these decisions. <laughs> Here is where I landed with number five for me, Mike Price, the worst movie in the return of the living dead franchise. Return of the living dead part two. Okay. Interesting. Because that was, was uh, this part of your inter internal this, debate this process? This is part of my internal debate because I think my worst is Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. Okay. Um, well, let me start with a, with my brief explanation of why part two ended up last, and then I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I discussed this in the part two episode, but Return of the Living Dead part two is basically... For those of you who are familiar with the Evil Dead franchise, it's like Evil Dead 2 is the way to do this right. You take essentially the same plot, the same uh, beats, a lot of the, like some of the same cast from the first movie, and you just sort of escalate and you exaggerate, you add more, uh, you maybe do some things that you couldn't do the first time. And like where Evil Dead 2 is a movie that gets that formula right, this is the exact opposite. Everything in Return of the Living Dead 2 is less than. There yeah. is not a single element, not only where the movie excels uh, over part one, but where it can even match the first movie, I think. Um, and for my criteria that I was talking about, if we just think about it, so this movie uh, was something I talked about in like behind-the-scenes trivia, could have gotten a PG-13 rating if they had cut one scene that takes place in a hospital, which is a pretty cool half corpse scene which eric and i both liked uh mm -hmm. i'm glad they kept it in but outside of that that was the only thing the mpaa was troubled about otherwise this is a bloodless movie loses almost all the gore of the first one uh the effects i think that they kind of botched the attempt to they, they go too big they go too jokey same thing with the plot the movie is never scary at any point um they do remove all of the uh, nudity that we had uh, so enjoyed in the first film. Um, yeah. The acting, like you have the same actors in part two that you have in part one, and they're somehow much worse playing yeah. almost the same roles. Um, 
originality is if I could give negative points, I would like this movie has nothing to offer. That isn't just a sad retread of the first one. And in terms of production value, it sounds cheap. It looks cheap. It feels so dated. Um, and it's just, I mean, in the kind of like when you get down to brass tacks, I watched all five of these movies fairly recently, and this was the hardest one to pay attention to. It was the hardest one for me to sit through. And it just left me with the worst feeling when I was done. I had almost zero enjoyment watching this film. Man, I can't argue with anything you just said other than Rave to the Grave (laughs) to me – Yes, it does have a lot of nudity. Mm-hmm. It's not scary whatsoever. I agree. Similar to part two. Yeah. Both are not scary. But part two does have that cool hospital scene that we both enjoyed. Sure. That, that is a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the special effects in two, while I do think they're incredibly dated and overdone, mm-hmm. somehow overdone in cheaper, but cheaper looking. Sure. You know, if that makes any sense. It was a movie that had almost twice the budget of the first movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's but right. But looked somehow a lot worse. It's kind of directed – both of the movies, I think, are are made artlessly. Yeah. <laughs> like really no attention to detail. Mm-hmm. But I just found Rave to the Grave so much more exhausting. Um, I It's hard for me to say I cared less about the characters. Yeah. Because I didn't care about the characters in two at all either. Mm -hmm. But I found the character. No, geez. I'm really like, for each point, I'm bringing like, is that true? (laughs) This is just the most recent one I've seen. Right. Okay. I do think Dana Ashbrook in it is legitimately doing a fine job. I think he's okay job. He is the best. He turns in the best acting performance of anyone in either of these two movies. I agree with you there. And I can't, yeah, I can't say that about rave to the grave. All the, um, all of the actors in rave to the grave are awful. Yes. Like I agree. Very bad. None of the humor hits. Nope. None of the humor hits from part two. No, it doesn't. Here's, I mean, let me but, jump. Let me jump back in for two seconds because I'll say sure. this: this wasn't part of my criteria, but I think for me, one of the things that ultimately tipped the scale was doing as much research as I did, mm-hmm. and understanding the motivations as well as I could, coming from the respective directors of these movies. Yeah, and I think that it gets more complicated if you bring the producers and their motivations in too because I think that there's like probably there isn't anybody more craven in this whole series than the producers of 4 and 5. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I think you have a director in Elriel Kaim who is like trying some stuff out, trying to have fun, excited to do a horror movie and just yeah. like it doesn't work well. But knowing what we know about part two, that you've got like a hired gun director who is not interested in making horror movies and is trying to turn this movie into some kind of like zombie E.T., which like he was very clear that he wanted to make like a slapstick, almost kiddie comedy. Like, that to me is the greater sin. And I think that that weighed on my decision, too. That makes sense. I'm sticking by my pick as 
for Rave to the Grave as number five. I think there's also a sleaziness to the to five. Sure is. Where yeah. uh, it just seemed like, hey, we're in Romania. Yeah. Let's give these girls seven dollars. Yeah. That I mean, who knows what they were paid? That's really mm-hmm. um, insulting to Romanian listeners. Yeah. But there is just like a girls gone wildy mm-hmm. sleaziness to the fifth movie. You're right. That kind of makes it like I'm a little more not uncomfortable with it, but just kind of takes it down a peg. And so the question I asked myself with ranking these, mm-hmm. what am I more likely to put on again? Let me ask you this before you continue, just so we yeah. can sort of like encapsulate all of this. Am I safe in assuming that you have, do you have part two as your number four? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause, Cause, we cause can... we're just swapped here. Like exactly. So yeah. we can continue okay. this discussion. My number four, I do have rave to the grave in my number four. I have part two. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so tell me what you were going to say, what you were going to say before. Um, what am I more likely to like have a couple drinks Mm -hmm. and put on, on a Friday night after my wife goes to bed? Yeah. Is it going to be rave to the grave or is it going to be part two? Yeah. Probably not going to be either, but if I had both DVDs, sure. I would probably put in part two more. Um, I do enjoy that there is a familiarness Mm -hmm. to it. That reminds me of the first movie, so I can almost convince myself <laughs> like, that I'm watching a yeah, good movie. It's like methadone. Yeah. So, what am I more likely to put on? I think it is part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I don't like part two. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's hard for me. I mean, and you sort of uh, suggested this. It's hard for me to make that distinction because I can't, in good conscience, say I would ever voluntarily watch either of these movies again. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Like if they just did not meet that threshold, uh, one day in the not too distant future, maybe we'll end up talking about the Friday the Thirteenth series, and that series to me is full of legitimately bad movies that I have mm-hmm. no problem rewatching. Yes. Yes. You know, and yes. this both of these movies are movies that I don't want to sit through again. Yeah, you're. That's a great point with Friday the Thirteenth because I was thinking about that recently. Um, it's a series that I probably don't enjoy. I probably don't think any of the movies are very good. Mm-hmm. Only a f- only like a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, and but I still have seen most of them a few times. You yeah. Know? And well, I'll watch them anytime they're on. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that to give some credit to that franchise, I think a lot of what they do is just rely on familiarity and yeah. kind of create a mood and an atmosphere and an environment, like literally just like being it. Crystal Lake that yeah. feels kind of comfortable and familiar and like it all blends into the next thing. Whereas like these movies fail to create a world that I want to spend any time in. Well, I'll say that's probably why I like part two more than rave to the grave mm-hmm. because it, it does have a familiarity to it that I'm like, well, it's an eighties movie. Gotcha. I like eighties movies. It's reminds yeah. me of the first movie. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Eric, uh, what is your number three in this series? My number three in this series is Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. All right. And I will go ahead and say that is also my number three. And I think we can uh, both of us and listeners at home anticipate that we're probably going to be in lockstep from here on out. Uh, Probably. Um, Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say for sure right now. So, do you want to talk a little bit about how you felt about part three? 
Yeah. So, uh, return. Uh, how he felt about Necropolis? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I skipped ahead. Uh, Necropolis is number three, not Return yeah. of the Living Dead Part Three. So for me, uh, Necropolis is a disaster in all the ways that Rave to the Grave is, minus the boobs. So mm-hmm. you know, if that's something <laughs> that is important to you, then maybe check that one out. But I think the plot is so weird and batshit crazy, mm-hmm. and the it's also disjointed yeah. that it's a fascinating watch. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, you know, this is sort of well-trod territory now since there's a movie literally about Troll 2. But I think we've talked about this before. You and I are both part of that generation of kids who watched. Like, I, I watched Troll 2 when it was on HBO or Cinemax yeah, or whatever it was yeah. a million times. And it has a similar sort of thing where if this movie made more sense, which is, I think, something that that rave to the grave you can say that like the weird missing scenes and plot holes and like disjointed sort of ideas are kind of gone in rave to the grave rave to the grave for all of its faults moves pretty clearly from the beginning to the end yeah it Um, does but this movie necropolis is fucking confusing and 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 it almost helps it because it makes it gives it a sort of un it's an unearned uh, kind of a, a, like it's interesting. It's like stolen valor <laughs> to steal a phrase from podcaster John Gabris. Um, but yeah, it's it it does like it almost like gets cheap bonus points by being confusing. Yeah, it, it it's kind of fun and sort of unintentionally funny. Whereas Rave to the Grave is trying to be funny. Yeah. This is kind of just funny because of how stupid it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we talked about this a lot in the individual episode, but in case this is the only thing you're hearing about Necropolis, I want to be very clear. This is a terrible movie. Yes. It is yes. done really poorly. Um, These, the three movies we've discussed so far are bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think right now it's just like, if you forced me to pick between the three movies we've talked about, I would tell you to watch this one, but I would not really advise you to watch any of them. Exactly. Um, and we'll touch uh, on that one more time in our series, like when we wrap this up after the ranking. But yeah, yeah, Necropolis, poorly directed, poorly acted, looks really cheap, looks exactly like it was made on a shoestring budget in Romania. Yes, yes. But there is some, there is some decent gore. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while. But yeah, it's a real stinker. Yeah. The things but kind I en- of fascinating. Yeah, the things I enjoy about this movie are almost all unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. like the terrible new metal soundtrack. Yes, and, and it's like the dopey like motocross jumping and. <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about yeah, it right now. Yeah. yeah, and it's like plot holes. Like the things things that I enjoy are the parts that make no goddamn sense. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you, it, ha- you have ahead. not one but two security guards sexually harassing a high school girl. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucked yeah. up movie. But I will say it's got no nudity. Rave to the Grave does. But like you yeah. talked about it, it's like that's like girls gone wild nudity. It feels gross. It's hard to enjoy. Uh, also, something you said to me, um, you know, one thing you said to me off the air mm-hmm. that you didn't enjoy that uh, Brian Peck wasn't in this one. 
I just I'm a completist. I think that <laughs> you start something with one, two, three. I can't see any conceivable reason why you wouldn't cast him in future films. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. He's a, I think there's there's a pretty good reason why you wouldn't cast he's him. He's a hey, you know, pillar. Like, he's a pillar of this series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so coming in at the number two slot, then Mike, who do you have? Um, this one was, I mean, you know, we're, it's kind of no brainers from here on out. You've got, yeah. like you talked about, there are three movies in this series that are bad. And then I think that there are two movies in this series that are not bad. And the yes. first of those two movies, the lesser of those two movies is Return of the Living Dead 3. Yes, that's also what I have in my two slot. Yeah. My, so Return my of the Deuce Hole. <laughs> it's coming in at number two. <laughs> Eric's Deuce Hole. Uh, Return of the Living Dead 3 is, I think, a decent movie. That is like, that is the adjective that I think comes the most quickly to my mind it is this Uh is not a great movie by any stretch i waffle back and forth between saying this is a good movie and a decent movie and i'll say this like i i respect brian yesna a ton i respect what he did here in terms of like changing the tone of this movie Mm -hmm. i do think that the dark depressing tone of this film is uh it's something that I respect. I think it is sometimes a liability. Um, I think in terms of enjoyment, yeah. it might do slightly more harm than good. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I do think there are certain um, aspects of it that are, for lack of a better term, 90s dark. Okay. Like, like a real obsession with body mutilation and piercing. See, I enjoy like, that stuff. And I don't think that's what I'm, what's getting at me. Yeah. I do think it's lacking a humor that right. the first movie had that pretty much every other movie mm-hmm. in the series has. Yeah. Um, it's very serious, very self serious. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate that. It had a point of view that it was doing something different yeah. because the second movie pretty much did the same thing only worse mm-hmm. so now let's give it to somebody who actually is a decent director at least stylistically sure um i i there are some relationship stuff in it that that i'm uncomfortable with mm-hmm. I, I i think it's i i said it a million times during the episode i feel like he's just like working through some sort of bad breakup or something <laughs> yeah and maybe all of his movies are um there's a certain an attitude towards women, like a fear of women in a way that kind of comes across to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being overly woke about it. Mm. But um, overall, I, I just appreciated that it was a uh, a statement. I guess, if that I, makes sense. Yeah, and I think I don't think you said anything there that I disagree with. Um, I would I would pose this question to you though, if you took this exact movie and this plot and just went through and had someone add a sense of humor to some of the dialogue. I think it would just be better. I think. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yes. And and yeah. And that's sort of where I'm coming from where it's like, I do definitely respect the decisions that were made here. uh, But I do think like this movie could be improved. It can still be dark and depressing. Uh, mm-hmm. And in that 90s sort of industrial S&M mm-hmm. way that it is, um, I think it could still manage to be all those things. And 
take itself a little bit less seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. But I do, like, when I, t- like, talking about this movie and the quality of this movie, I would be remiss if I did not mention one more time Melinda Clark. It's kind of, it's it's stops short of being a one-woman show, but it's like, this movie lives or dies on one character. Yeah. Who both lives and dies and lives again. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. But Melinda Clark is great, and I think that... Across this entire series, if you asked me to give like an MVP or a best like a best actor award, which maybe I don't know, maybe that's something we should do. I just thought of that on the spot. Sure. But, but yeah, best actor in the Return of the Living Dead series, the best single performance that gets turned in for my money is Melinda Clark in in Return of the Living Dead three. Interesting. Well, I guess it's no secret then that our number one picks for the best movie in the Return of the Living Dead series is. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's um, fucking awesome. Yeah. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's really good for me. If I had to make uh, a sort of a pantheon or a, like a tiered ranking of all the horror movies, I think this one slots neatly into my second tier. Like, Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. I have a handful of movies. If I was going from one to a hundred, I think this guy probably – might has a chance of landing in the top 20. Um, yeah, this yeah, I I think that's probably accurate for me too. Maybe uh lower top 10, mm-hmm. but definitely maybe top 15. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah, it's we've talked about it before, but this movie is funny, it is nihilistic, it is I think really well done for what they had to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the lowest budget of the entire series, like including the Romanian, you know, half-assed sequels. Uh, they never had less money to work with, but I think you know. Whereas, like the MV- the acting Oscar in this series goes to Melinda Clark for me. The overall MVP here is it just has to be Dan O'Bannon, mm-hmm. uh, writer and director of this film. And the clear artistic voice that manages to make this movie fun and unique and just really stand out. Do you know what I just read? Um, this is an aside. Alan Troutman was in Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. He was Tarman in that. Wow. He was Tarman in 1, 2, and 5. Do you want to switch your 4 and 5 book? Now that you yeah, know, I'm gonna Trout switch Man for him. Yeah, now that Troutman's back, well, we're gonna have to sort this out because Eric and I are are we're lo- we're locked up right now. So we'll talk about it in a second. Is there anything else you want to say about the original Return of the Living Dead? I don't think so. No, nothing more that we didn't already say. Okay, um, it's just a it's a great movie. I love it. Fantastic. All right. Um, well, so then the only thing we have to clear up here is our canonical rankings for spots four and five. We've got for you guys to recap number one in the series, the original Return of the Living Dead. In second place, we have Return of the Living Dead 3. Coming into third, we have Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. Now, how do we sort this out? Because we need to give these people at home a canonical ranking so we can quiet down those Redditors and give them the ultimate Return of the Living Dead ranking. You know, I'm going to bend because um, I do think in the spe- – like. In the spirit of friendship and to continue <laughs> this podcast with you. Yeah. Uh, I am willing to bend on this one. Okay. And rank 
Rave to the Grave higher. But just know, in my personal ranking, mm-hmm. it's like an eighth of a point higher. <laughs> okay, know, it, that's they're fair. Both, they're both almost equally as bad to me. Sure. I mean, also, if we wanted to clean this up for future episodes, make our lives easier, we could just treat it like a basketball game. We have a possession arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the I got the tie break on this one, and next time around, uh, well, maybe I'll just bend to your will. Okay, interesting. Um, so then that gives us, ladies and gentlemen, part one, part three, Necropolis, Rave to the Grave, and in last place, Return of the Living Dead, part two. Um, uh, one thing we'd like to cover on this is what are the ones, if you were going to sit down, you'd never seen Return of the Living Dead, which ones should you watch? Yeah. Because, as we said, three of these movies are not good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's no surprise that for me and Mike, I'm going to speak for you as well. <laughs> if you're going to just watch uh, the good ones in this series, yeah. watch part one and watch part three. Yeah. If you're still curious, fine. Don't take our word for it. Soldier on. You're a completionist. Watch them in order. Do whatever you need to do to get by, friends. Uh, But really, for our money, parts one and three are the only two that are worth checking out. If you're pressed for time, you know, we're in a quarantine right now. Yeah. Maybe time is all you have. But there's a lot of other movies you could be watching. I think think Eric said it really well. And I think if you were to ask me the question, like, is this a series worth worth watching? Uh, I want to be very clear about how much I like part one. I think it's a great movie. As a series, I think that this is not one that I would recommend to people. No. Yeah. I think you're always coming up short. And at least part three manages to make something interesting and and good. But even part three is one where it's like, I'm not going to go around telling a whole bunch of people they need to watch that movie unless they're like, hey, I really like zombie movies. I like fucking Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) Like, what should I? (laughs) And I like Nine Inch Nails going into bodies. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think as a series, unfortunately, like this just doesn't justify its existence. Yeah, I agree. I think they had something with the first. Mm-hmm. They never really found their footing again. Yeah. Three is the closest they came. But, you know, they just couldn't recreate it. And it's a shame. I think uh, it's it's ripe for a proper sequel. There's hope. Or a remake. It could be done with the yeah. right director, right mm-hmm. writing team. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the trick is it's just like, it's kind of what you, it's the secret sauce of one is if you're going to do it right, you have to have people take it seriously. Uh, and that goes through not just the creatives, but the producers as well. You got to be adhering to the mythology and the tone and the fandom of this series um, and put some fucking money behind it, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, so should we get into what we're going to cover next or is, um, was there any other bits you wanted to cover? I'm curious. Before? Do you have any other superlatives you'd like to hand out? I think that's something I want to do for our next, uh, wrap up episode. We don't have to shoehorn it in here, but is there anybody else you want to shout out? I talked about Melinda Clark and, and Dan um, O'Bannon. Yeah, I definitely want to shout out trash, uh, <laughs> a favorite over here. Linnea Quigley. Linnea Quigley is trash. Um, that's the best song 
I would have to say is I like my money like I like my drugs <laughs> from rave to the grave. By, uh, oh, sorry, S- I like my girls like yeah. I like my drugs. SPF 1000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a rager, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think that uh, that just about covers it for Return of the Living Dead. Um, so, Eric, you were the one who ultimately suggested our next series. Um yeah, it is a, a personal favorite, at least the first movie in the series. Uh, so next up, we are going to be talking about the three Blair Witch movies. Yeah, and part of the reason we, we jumped at this one, well, there's two reasons. One, uh, as we move through the podcast in our editorial calendar, for the sake of your two hosts, as well as you guys and the sort of homework you have set out in front of you, if you want to follow along with us, we want to kind of shake up. Uh, the length of these series. So mm-hmm. this is a nice quick one. We can kind of turn it around in a month and uh, even less than that. And it, almost like a palate cleanser, if you will. Yeah. Um, and also we're going to try to do that. Yeah. Um, also, I was just going to say, I've never seen any of these movies. That's fucking absurd to me. Yeah. And you guys might think, Oh yeah, this guy's a fucking noob as you start. But as we go through this, you'll realize that I have seen a lot of these movies, but I have never even seen the original Blair Witch Project. Man, that is so shocking to me because it was such a touchstone for me growing up in high school. Uh, this, well, we'll talk about it when we get to episode one. Yeah. Oh, just to be clear, we're talking about the Blair Witch Project the Blair Witch Project 2, Book of Shadows, I believe it's called. It's a book of something. I'll look book it up while you tell people the next one. And then the third is the uh, the Blair Witch, I believe it's just called. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second film is titled Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so just three movies here. Uh, and we're going to start those next week. Um, so if you guys want to keep up with the podcast, uh, between today and the next episode, go rent yourself Blair Witch Project. Uh, Eric, uh, I'm going to vamp for a second while you maybe let us know if there's somewhere that our audience can watch the Blair Witch Project or if they have to actually pay to rent it. Um, in the meantime, I will jump into my normal end of episode spiel a little bit early. We are a new podcast. We are a fledgling podcast. Uh, if you guys like it even a little bit, if you are morbidly curious to see us keep going, you know it. You've heard it before, but I'm going to say it again. The best thing you can do for us is rate our podcast on iTunes. Leave us a nice review. Um, honestly, any review. Uh, tell us what you think uh if you love it great if you don't love it maybe uh, be a little bit euphemistic so that we can uh, continue to exist uh and if you have any thoughts any questions any suggestions especially you know we're really pumped about uh introducing more and more segment ideas to wrap up our podcast as we go along if you have a fun idea for something we could do at the end of a podcast you have a game you'd like us to play we might we might be willing to try it out and even if you just have a good question for us especially if it has to do with ranking stuff which eric and i love to do send us an email at killstreakpod at gmail.com i swear to god we are about to start reading them uh, yeah and we yeah we want to hear from you guys this is not uh this is not lip service um i want inter- to you know i think both of us are pumped to interact with the audience mm-hmm. hear what you guys think and see if we can include some stuff 
that you guys are interested in. Yeah, and just so you guys know, Mike is about to move uh, cross country. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll probably be recording the Blair Witch Project episode in the next couple of days for us. Uh, so you know, if all goes as planned, we won't be getting your emails until part two comes up for the, the book of shadows. So yeah. hopefully at that point we'll have emails that we can address. Yeah. I mean, my hope is to get things live by the time we do the next one, but yeah, like at the very worst by, by book of shadows, we will be live on the email and we will be responding to you guys. So please be patient with us, but we'll get into a normal groove and uh, we will go from there. So Eric, what can you tell us about Blair Witch Project? From what I can see, it's available to rent on YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, Vudu, and Amazon Prime. So no free streaming that I can see unless uh, some results are hidden from me. But yeah, looks like $3.99 rental from all those. All right. Well, God forbid you guys pay the filmmakers for their work and yeah. you know put some food in the on the plates, <laughs> on the tables of the production crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Or, you know, borrow the DVD from your college roommate, uh, get in a time machine and go back to 2003. Mm-hmm. I think I have mine kicking around here somewhere. You can't borrow mine, though, guys. No. And knowing me, I'll be too lazy to come downstairs and get it, so I'll just rent it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, who wants to watch a movie in SD anymore? Well, I mean, it's shot on on video and on 16-millimeter film, so. Oh, I don't know. If okay. there's one that doesn't probably need high uh, HD, it's this original movie. But, hey, we'll see. Maybe they did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, well, you guys, we have had a blast covering this first series. Uh, very pumped for many more. I hope you guys enjoyed The Return of the Living Dead and that you are enjoying the podcast. And we will see you next time. With, at the movies. With the Blair Witch Project. Uh, Eric, do you have anything pithy you want to take us out with? Oh, yeah, of course. I always do. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This isn't me stalling for time. Oh, shit. I'm getting a phone call. Bye, guys. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, it's just me now, you guys. Uh, Eric's gone. I wish you all could have seen his tank top. It was super hot. Um, But anyways, yeah, I've always wanted an opportunity to do this because Eric always gets to close out the episode. Yeah. So all I'm going to say is, and as always, usually I don't get none of that unless I take you to the Olive Garden.